Hello and welcome to the Daily Zen Podcast. My name is Charlie Ambler, creator of Daily Zen. Daily Zen lives at twitter.com slash daily zen, thedailyzen.org, medium.com slash at daily zen, and there is now a premium edition of Daily Zen available at patreon.com slash daily zen. The subscription is $5 a month and it gives you access to daily thought exercises relating to mindfulness and meditation, uh, an exclusive extra weekly podcast, and an exclusive extra weekly essay. So if you really like this stuff and you want to discuss it with some people who also really like it and me and participate in a, in a more in-depth conversation, feel free to check that out and become a supporter. We'll get into this week's topic, which is confrontation, how it relates to honesty, how it relates to self-knowledge, how it relates to our meditation practice. And I think the best place to start as usual is to think a little bit about what we're doing in our meditation practice in relation to this idea of confrontation or conflict with others, how the, the process that we undergo when we meditate and when we reflect on ourselves influences us in these seemingly unrelated ways in our daily life. And it's not some sort of direct effect or magical impact that meditation has on our relationships, but it can provide us with certain insights and certain a certain degree of awareness about ourselves that helps us mend conflicts and engage in them in a constructive way with others when we have to. Because inevitably, there's always going to be frisson between people, there's always going to be difficulties, there's always going to be disagreements and arguments. If we don't have those things, we have sort of a pseudo-real, pseudo-reality in which people are pretending that they aren't extremely different. And I think the best place to start when we think about confrontation is recognizing what, what we recognize in our meditation practice, which is that our life experience, all the thoughts that come into our head, everything that, that culminates in our identity, in who we are, in our minds functioning, is in combination with everything else unique. The, the totality of everything that makes you you is completely unique. There might be parts that are similar to others, and there might be over, overarching factors that unite people based on certain commonalities, but if you look at your entire existence, all the individual experiences, all the thoughts you've had in re reaction to those experiences, all this, this theoretical buildup, this experiential buildup, and all of this stuff, you are completely unique. And no two individuals are the same. No two individuals are quote-unquote equal. That doesn't mean that people should be treated any differently based on their, their qualifications or whatever in reality. But basically the, the, the idea is that no two people are the same. And so inevitably we're going to come into situations in which person A is bringing something to the table, person B is bringing something to the table. They each have these subjective interpretations of reality and these objective differences that influence the way they engage with the world. And so very often people come into conflict and they have arguments and they have disagreements. And the, the fundamental thing that I'm getting at with, with meditation and how it relates to this is when we meditate, we're getting to know that individual. We're getting to know the actual self. We're not getting to know the person who calls himself a Buddhist or the person who calls himself a progressive or the person who calls himself a conservative or the person who calls himself this or that or who labels himself or whatever. We're learning these, these little intricacies that make us completely unique. We're not learning the stuff that 
that temporarily binds us to a group or that binds us to a label. We're learning about all these little weird inconsistencies, eccentricities, strengths, weaknesses, all the stuff that makes up who we are. And the more we practice, I think, the more comfortable and the more intimate we get with this true self, with who we really are, with understanding all of our experiences and how they relate to our present experience and understanding all of our thoughts and where they come from and how a lot of them are illusory, a lot of them represent some deeper truth about ourselves, but the more we just simply sit with ourselves and reflect on who we are and what it means to be us, the more we gain this understanding. I often reference John Tarrant, who's a great Zen teacher who I actually studied with at a retreat in person with my friend Jason Garner, who if you follow on Twitter are probably familiar with because I retweet him all the time. And John Tarrant's favorite thing to say in, at least during this particular retreat, was what does it feel like to be you? What's it like to be you? And I think when we sit and when we practice, that's really what we're learning. We're not learning it in an egoistic point of view, or we're not learning it in some sort of self-aggrandizing or self-negating way where we're, we're really trying to pin ourselves down or label ourselves, but we're just sitting with ourselves. We're getting to know ourselves and having this internal conversation with ourselves the way we would have that sort of conversation with a friend or a relative or even a stranger. And when we've never practiced before and we just start, this conversation can feel very much like a conversation with a stranger, precisely because there's a lot of stuff about ourselves and about the way we, we work and the way we are that we don't, we can't know and we can't understand and confront until we start to reflect. And for some people that makes the, the early stages of meditation very difficult because there's a lot of stuff that comes up that you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that about myself or I didn't know that I had these recurring intrusive thoughts or that I have all these fears and these insecurities. I also didn't know that I have all these fixations and, and aspirations and deep feelings and convictions about certain things. All of this stuff sort of bubbles to the surface and you just get to know it. You get to know what it is to be you and you get to understand yourself better. And as time goes on, very slowly and very surely, you gain a higher understanding of yourself. You, you have a more holistic awareness of who you are, of how your brain functions. And with this comes a, a recognition of your own strengths, of course, which is a, a wonderful thing. It's good to know your strengths so you can cultivate them and understand them in relation to your identity. And also comes a, a awareness of your limitations, which are just as important to know. And a lot of people, when, when they don't participate in this process of reflection, deny those realities. We deny our limitations. We pretend that our weaknesses can just simply be overcome through our mindset, when in fact our strengths and our weaknesses are the culmination of the entire time we've been alive. They, they exist. They don't, they're not static, but they're dynamic in relation to all of our prior experiences. And so if we don't acknowledge that and we don't recognize that, oh, we can cultivate our strengths and we can recognize our limitations and sort of accept the identity of who we are, we can make the most of who we are rather than slaving away at activities that, that might not necessarily be in tune with who we actually are. So there's that part. The other part is really, really becoming comfortable with this bearing of all, with this sincerity and this honesty, and it starts with yourself. And the same way that in, in therapy, for example, 
everyone, it starts with yourself. It starts with you talking about yourself. And, and through this talking about yourself, you start to really understand how you really feel about things. This is how writers do this as well. It's the same thing. When you write, you start to, you start to see what's coming out of you and you realize, oh, this is what I'm, this is what I'm thinking. This is what's going on. And it doesn't start to come until you sort of open the valve that lets it come. And when we meditate, we reflect, we write, we, when we put ourselves uh, on the table in this way and we, we open ourselves to this reflection, we open that valve and we, we consciously make the effort to sincerely get to know ourselves. With that comes a certain conviction and a certain awareness about who we are, of course, as we've already discussed. And when we go out into the world and we deal with other people, that comes with us. And that's one of the effects of meditation. We don't meditate to get this effect because, of course, meditating, focusing on a certain goal that we're going to get from meditation sort of defeats the whole purpose. And I've discussed that before numerous times. But instead, we, we can take these insights that we glean in our practice. They're internal. They come with us everywhere. They're part of our internal state. And they grow alongside us and we grow alongside them. And when we take them out into the world, we we can sometimes brush up against people. We can brush up against, maybe we brush up against people who aren't as interested in reflection as we are. Maybe we brush into, into people who are just as, just as reflective and just as intelligent as we perceive ourselves to be. And there's some sort of difference in our individual experience that causes some sort of disagreement. Or maybe we're in a, an intimate relationship with someone else and the differences in the personalities of these two individuals are, are so pushed so close up to each other that there's some inevitable conflict. All of that's okay. All of that's part of life. But when we engage in confrontation and we engage in conflicts, I think we can learn a lot from our meditation practice about how to do that. And that the best way to do that isn't to let ourselves get carried away ever. And it happens, of course, inevitably, everyone makes mistakes. Things, things always transpire eventually. But I think the important thing to to realize is that our spiritual practice is a practice. It's sort of like a rehearsal in a way. And we're rehearsing how to live a lot of the time. And it has its own innate benefits, but it also has this benefit of teaching us that when we sit quietly and patiently and we, we work with nature instead of against it, we work with time instead of against it, we work with space instead of against it, we let all of these insights come to us instead of trying to forcefully grab at them in the world we appreciate the process instead of just focusing on the results and we get to know ourselves and learn the benefit of being completely honest and completely sincere and patient and understanding and gentle. And then we can take that with us into these situations with other people, whether they're perceived as positive or negative situations. And the important thing with that is that we often get so carried away in, in these confrontations and difficulties with other people because we our ego starts to feel damaged. It starts to go on the defensive and it starts to react. And it's, it reacts with anger. It reacts with saying mean things. It reacts with irrationality and with, with making problems even worse instead of swallowing one's pride and finding a solution. It reacts in a million different ways. And whenever we have a confrontation or a problem or any sort of obstacle in life and we let the ego react in this way without any uh, regulation, it just makes things way worse. It buries us deeper into this hole of, of the non-humility that causes us to feel as if we need to force our opinions and force our, our actions on the world in this way. 
And so that's where meditation comes in. Because when we're, when we're meditating, we're letting everything come and go. We're just sitting and being patient and gentle with ourselves. We're letting all of our thoughts come and go. We're letting all of our feelings come and go. Over time, we, we generate this deep, intuitive knowledge that all of those things are temporary and that we should never get carried away by them. Because as soon as we get carried away in our meditation practice, we lose our footing in our meditation practice. As soon as we start fixating on a thought or a feeling, we effectively stop meditating because the the meditative process isn't is unfocused. It's just sitting. And so as soon as we're not just sitting, we're doing something else. You know, you're not meditating, you're thinking about getting a slice of pizza or you're thinking about a fight you had with your girlfriend or you're thinking about politics. You know, there's whatever comes up comes up. And our job and our really our only job in our practice besides making the taking the initiative to sit is not getting carried away. Now, when we first start meditating, of course, we, st we remain prone to getting carried away both in our practice and in real life with other people, with ourselves, with work, with everything. But over time, and I've noticed this in my own practice, it becomes a lot easier not to get carried away in real life when we practice this not getting carried away in meditation. And the effect of that, I think, is truly, truly transformative for a lot of people because we spend so much of our time in everyday life getting carried away. We get carried away by little things people say about us that we misperceive and we internalize. We get carried away by, by big things that happen, by accidents, by mistakes that we make, by mistakes that other people make. We get carried away by the opinions of others, the opinions of ourselves, things that we see on the news, things that we see at work, just things, the way things work, the machinery of everyday life, all this stuff causes us to get carried away because we're constantly chasing the mental patterns that are clinging at these preferences and these concepts about how everything works and how everything is and should be and shouldn't be and all this stuff. And all that is this conceptual thought that we're overcoming in our meditation practice simply by not grasping at it, by letting it all come and go. And when we're dealing directly one-on-one -on -one with another person and there's a disagreement, we can, we can remain sincere and be really honest and say what we mean and what we think without keeling over and 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 giving ourselves up we don't need to succumb to the 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 forceful ego of another person if they're utilizing it and we also don't need to just give up on on what we're trying to accomplish like if there's a problem to solve if both people give up the problems the problem isn't going to get solved but if both people can disagree with each other constructively and confront each other constructively until a collective solution that utilizes the the better half of both parties is reached that's a, a wonderful uh, progression. That's, that's where really where progress comes from. I think it's where there's a lot of bad progress that happens in, in society at large, but the good progress seems to come when, when two groups can, can peacefully clash with one another in such a way that they both hear each other out and gain the best ideas from one another and create a sort of synthesis of what they're trying to collectively accomplish. And then, and then, whatever comes next is the is the the better of the, the better combination of everything that came before it basically and we've seen that happen with everything it happens with inventions it happens with uh, political ideas sometimes it <laughs> happens with with things in the arts it's it's the way the human beings work it's this two opposing forces it's almost like it's the way atoms work it's these two opposing forces that are that are clashing with each other and and vibrantly kind of at peaceful war with one another and then from that comes something greater from that comes comes a greater whole and uh, an energy that allows things to that 
an energy that powers things that that allows things to function in a more wholesome way basically and so we should see conflicts in this way we shouldn't try to avoid them we shouldn't avoid confrontation we shouldn't avoid speaking our mind to others and being honest once we've done this internal work of of knowing what's really on our mind of knowing what we really think and of knowing how to speak to ourselves internally in such a way that is gentle and peaceful and also honest and sincere and confrontational without being over the top without getting carried away and when we can do that with others i think we can achieve a lot i mean i've had times in my relationship where this this has really helped me and really gotten me through difficult times and you know you have times with work and with everything where this this gentleness with yourself combined with a sort of tough love for yourself and a willingness to be confronted and a willingness to be challenged and a willingness to to respect the fact that you can be wrong at any time that you're never fully right and a humility and a compassion and a mindfulness all of this sort of culminates out of that reflective practice into a a much more engaged way of dealing with the world where you can you can really be honest with yourself to the point that you can acknowledge when you're doing something that that you really value that you feel is bringing value into the world acknowledge when you have a deep conviction about something that you that you really believe that's your true your true self and you can express it to others you can know where you can know your place basically you know where you fit in you know what you're good at you know what you're bad at you can be perfectly honest about these things instead of being in denial about anything and lastly when things inevitably transpire between people you can be a mediator both for yourself and for others we become mediators for conflicts that we're participating in simply by not getting carried away simply by remaining rational remaining level-headed trying to trying to push things towards a solution and towards a a greater finale and a greater good rather than just a one ego beating another ego because when that happens nothing really gets done nothing ever progresses i mean you see that everywhere uh and then similarly when there's no confrontation no confrontation for people who are unreflective is a sort of stroking of the ego as well i before i decided to finally quit the workplace and start my own business i worked at a at a a progressive startup where no one was allowed to confront anyone it was always this raise your hand and be and be really 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 gentle and really really careful with your words and never say anything that could possibly rub anyone the wrong way and that was just kind of a place that was hemorrhaging money it was hemorrhaging time it was they were people were confused there were 10 people doing the same job at once and things weren't running properly because people didn't have the courage and the honesty and the self-respect to speak up for themselves to speak up for one another and to do the work that we do when we participate in constructive conflicts to get to a a a greater good to get to a better end you know to create something new out of two opposing forces that's what that's what we can see ourselves as participating when we're in a a confrontation that has the potential to be valuable some confrontations are just confrontations they're just flare-ups but some of them are real opportunities the same way that the different struggles and sufferings and and obstacles in our daily lives are opportunities to get to a better place and to understand things more clearly for both parties to understand one another more clearly to to utilize this compassion and this mindfulness that we cultivate in our private practice in real life and so i think that's one of the most 
if we if we find ourselves really in a, in social situations a lot and we find ourselves dealing with people all the time which everyone really does in some way or another the one of the most significant impacts of our practice is in this respect so i hope that that got you thinking a little bit differently about those sorts of things and um honestly i think maybe i think it's good to to encourage ourselves to follow our hearts a little bit when it comes to confrontation, when it comes to difficult discussions, difficult problems to solve, difficult relationships, anything, to really to really show up for ourselves and to make that leap. And, you know, maybe the confrontation is asking someone out on a date. You know, it's as simple as that. Or maybe the confrontation is bringing something up with your roommate or your girlfriend or your wife or your husband or your child or whatever that's really difficult for you that has a lot of, carries a lot of baggage for you or bringing something up with yourself that carries a lot of baggage for you. Uh, it's all, it's all the, the confrontations that we feel most scared of very often are the ones that provide the greatest opportunities for growth. So don't shy away from them and try to approach them with, uh, with grace and with compassion for yourself and for everyone else involved and with a sense of mindfulness. And I hope that that, that was useful to you in some way. Please share your reflections in the comments or on Twitter and suggest topics for next next week's episode. If you like Daily Zen, please tell your friends about it. If you really like Daily Zen, please consider becoming a premium subscriber on patreon.com slash daily zen. I, these days, am pretty busy, and it helps me devote more time to this because it's a, a much more sort of regimented way of doing it, and I think you'll like the stuff that's posted there. I've sort of finally gotten into a rhythm with it where I can post a daily thought exercise that I find useful and that you will find useful and then uh, an extra weekly podcast like this one and a, usually a weekly essay. So thanks for listening and talk to you next week.